Hello and welcome. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, it is 2022. It is a new year, but you have your same old Two Beers Please podcast team running the show. My name is Yannick. I'm here, as always, Some Things Don't Change, with my friend, Matthew Phillips. Matthew, how are you doing today? First episode of the new year. I'm good. I'm good. I just realized, I mean, it's the podcast isn't technically like three years old. I, it wouldn't even really be two years old, but we've had episodes in three different years now. So that's, that's not bad. That's something. Well done us. Yeah. Well done us. I mean, we toot our own horn, but I'm going to toot toot. Toot toot. (laughs) Toot toot. The car in front of us is yelling because they think we yelled at them and we didn't. We're just being excited and honking the horn. Um, It's so nice being back in Iowa for the holidays. We're just like people really like they only use their horns if somebody probably, you know, there's times where somebody's taking like a long time at the light. You'll do it. But uh, I remember one time in Iowa, I, I had just like like dozed off kind of. I mean, not dozed off, but just completely not paying attention at the wheel and was sitting at a red light and it turned and I did not notice it. And then someone honked at me. And so I looked in my rear view mirror and like realized what I did. And the lady was like smiling and waving at me. Like it was the most I would like was just like, hey, you need to go because it's green and like I'm behind you. I'm not upset though. Like I'm just letting you know. Like, it was so like wholesome and like because I also was ready just to be like because I'm just the angriest driver. I just am. Everyone on the road is my worst enemy. So I was ready to like look in the mirror and just like I'll screw off, person. And she just smiling, waving. I started a great. I had a great day after that. Yeah, it's it's like when they honk at you, it's like a courtesy honk. It's like hey, yeah, hey, just letting you know. It's, We're uh, here in New York. It's like if you, I think they use the you know they honk the horn more than the gas pedal. Right. Exactly. It's just a constant. You've I'm sure been at the infamous four four way intersection in Iowa where everyone's just waiting because they're not sure who got there first. <laughs> um, and I think if that ever happened in New York, someone would get out of their car and start just kicking the crap out of the person in front of them. Like at oh, that yeah. point, people would just go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's in like, even though I don't drive that much in New York, I have. And just like by proxy of riding in car, like I kind of adapted, adopted a little more aggressive style. Not like, you know, dangerous, but like because everyone is so passive in Iowa, like I'll, like if it's a four way stop, I'm probably going to be the first one going because everyone else is just chilling. I'm like, well, I'm getting out of here. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, just uh, different, different, different zone. Definitely different uh, traffic zones between those two areas. Uh, but yeah, I, it, w- it, it's, uh, it was nice. I was also home for the holidays for a bit. Nice to be back in Iowa. Nice to be with family. Back in New York now. Uh, new year. You know, playoffs have finished, which we'll talk about. Playoffs have started, which we'll talk about. New year of sports has arrived. What does this year hold? Hopefully lots of excitement. A World Cup on the way, which we will cover as well. So excited. Dude, I, I completely, like, keep <clears throat> I know. forgetting about that. Right, of course, because it's just been weird, you know, and ever since the last World Cup, so much has happened that it's like, oh, yeah, it's been four years since then. So yeah, it's, it's kind of nuts. Um, but, yeah, we, di- we also did our first uh, live commentary session on ColorCast, which was really, really fun uh, this past weekend for the Raiders-Chargers game. What a game to cover. We'll talk about it later. Uh, just ended up covering the craziest game <laughs> We got really, I mean, we got like, it was a challenge in the sense of we had a almost four hour game of, uh, Oof. 
of action just because of the overtime and literally using every second of overtime. But as far as action and excitement and even just like the game we were coming into, you knew we were kind of already set up well because it was winner, winner take all, tires both take. I don't know if there's a saying for that one. But just tires the stakes already take. were there. And then the game itself was was so, so good. It was so exciting. Uh, and, you know, just the L.A. coaches this week, both of them, losing their team's games. Rough. Rough, rough, rough. Um, no, it, it, for, for those of you who don't use ColorCast, it's a really cool app that we just got on, uh, which allows you to tap into live commentary feeds um, from sports personalities across the country, across the world maybe even. I'm not sure how wide the reach is. Um, but yeah, you can go on, you can host your own live cast, you can um, kind of tap in and listen and even be a guest in other casts. It's a really inclusive community. So if you're not on ColorCast already, I encourage you to get on there. You can also answer like questions that people like pose, and that's pretty cool too, audio-wise. Uh, I think it's a cool app because it's social media, but it's a different take on it that doesn't feel exactly like everything else. You know, it does... It does provide a different take on creating a social community around a certain topic. So I'm excited to keep doing casts on there. We'll do those occasionally. Obviously, like Matt said, they can last four hours. So how much are we going to do them? We'll see. Um, well, you know, we just got to pick <laughs> just by, by the sport. NFL games probably always take a while. Yeah, take a while. Joe would probably take a while. But like soccer, especially if it's just like a league game, we know hour 45, two hours that's it. College basketball, for the most part, I feel like stays around a nice like two hours. Um, yeah. So you know we got options that'll be less. Of, but honestly, it was so like relaxed, and I feel like if you know, what I mean, speaking of us doing this for now, it's it's the third year of it. Uh, two years ago, I think if we would have done it, we would have been like. I, I don't know. It would have been a lot harder, and I think we would have just been like thinking about it a lot more. But I felt like both both of us were just like, "All right, let's watch this game." And I mean, we certainly had to be a little more conscious of of like talking more and like talking about things specific to the game or the sport or sports in general, and just like keeping that sort of conversation up and talking like commenting on big moments in the game. But it didn't like. It felt mostly like we were just hanging out for four hours, so it was pretty dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's it's exactly what this podcast is about, right? We go into another year of this podcast being really, we want you all to join Matt and I like we would be watching a game. And that felt like the most real version of that, is you and I were watching a game, we got into conversations, we went and did our thing. And uh, yeah, we had a comment we had on the game. Zah, we had some beer. We had some za. We had some brews. It was great. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm excited to do more of those. Let me just tell you guys, if you don't follow us on our socials, on our casts, welcome. 2022 New Year's resolution. Start following us. The Twitter site is the number 2BP underscore podcast. The Instagram site is 2BeersPlease underscore podcast. Spelled like it sounds. And ColorCast, we're going to have a Two Beers Please site coming out soon. But for now, you can follow me at SonicYonic11 and at Matthew Phillips. Uh, and you can find us there and we'll be leading that until we have a clear Two Beers Please site. And our podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor. And you can follow, rate, subscribe, you know, join us for a year of sports. We're excited to be here. 
Uh, we're going to be doing episodes more consistently this year. That's our New Year's resolution, and uh, we're excited to take it more to you. So let's just get right into it. Um, Matt, let's do a little show and tell. What's, what's something from the sports world, besides what we're going to be talking about, that really excited you, that really made you angry, that gave you a big reaction, or something that you just have some thoughts on? Uh, well, it's been kind of a while since we've really <clears throat> done an episode, consecutive episodes for sure. So, I mean, I guess we still haven't done that. I've, I've already <laughs> set the bar maybe too high for us. <laughs> Stop. Don't we'll see you in two, we'll see you in two months. It'll be season 20. It'll be, uh, that's how we'll just keep this podcast going for so many years. It'll just be like, you know, a few episodes per year. Uh, yeah. But so, you know, I, I was looking at a long, you know, span of time of sports things that happened. I wanted to stay more positive because that's always the better way to go. I didn't really think negative. I mean, sports world always gives you plenty of them. But I went, uh, I went with Steph Curry breaking the all-time three-point record mm-hmm. back in December. Uh, you know, he was in the garden, which made for just the perfect stage. If you're not going to be at home, I think there's no better place for him to have been than, than MSG. Uh, celebs, you know, like all around the court, Ray Allen was there, Reggie Miller, of course, calling the game, the last two guys to hold that record for the last, I think about combined 23 years. Um, and it was just, you know, historic. I looked up tickets and nosebleeds were like 450, I think it wow. was cause, cause it was like, you know, this is a big moment in history wise. And, uh, I think it's one of those moments too, that like when I was watching it, I was kind of like, Oh yeah, this is cool ish but i think it's one that like 10 15 years after steph curry's career when maybe someone's even broken it because how much they shoot the three um but i'll look back and be like that was a really cool moment to watch um and you know it's just a cool part of being in in new york city and and basketball was just what what an accomplishment and, and like i said you can say i mean because i think people are like oh you know how long will the record that Steph sets at last because of the the uh, high amount of threes that are taken now. And, and you can say that that's part of the reason Steph has broken Bray's record. But, I mean, you wouldn't be wrong, but stays, Steph's the reason that everybody in the league shoots so many threes. Like, he changed the game. He's not a product of this. He's the one that made the league be like, oh, we all should start shooting a lot more threes. So, you know, he's changed the game in that way. Uh, if that's not an argument for all-time greatness, I don't know what is. And it was just a, a really a cool, cool moment. And <clears throat> congrats to Steph Curry, I think, without a doubt, the greatest shooter of all time. I agree. And I think finally has a record that kind of shows him there. Uh, where do you stand on, you know, it's so hard. And I think it was Dwayne Wade had an interview the other day who he said, you know, I think 20 years down the line, who's to say that the conversation will be Jordan or LeBron still, you know, that, that this conversation does keep changing of greatest of all time. Uh, and there are so many different positions while Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time. And I think, you know, we can start to all agree on that. Uh, where does he rank in those top greats being a finals MVP, having so many finals himself, still having a part of his career to go is his lack of defense kind of put him out of the conversation of like a top five, would you say? No, no, I don't think so. I think I think Steph's. I don't think Steph's a bad defender by by any means. He's got quick hands and and his size certainly can be taken advantage of. But I think he's a good defender. Actually, doesn't have any Finals MVPs, which is kind of crazy. He okay. snuck that first one 
when they beat the Cavs and, and Durant, Durant oh, uh, right. the other two times. Yeah, but he is, I mean, the only unanimous MVP. I, for me, like, you know, when you're always talking about, like, <clears throat> who would be your all-time starting five? I say Steph now for my point guard because he's still a very good pass, passer of the ball. He, he's got great handles. He can find space and, and penetrate the defense while still being able to shoot the ball from literally anywhere. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I think right now if he ended his career today, I think you could argue top 10, top 15. Um, I would probably pick Steph over Magic in my top five, but I, I'd like right now today, I think I'd probably still go Magic as like the better player, uh, which is doesn't really make sense, but that that's I stand by that statement. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, if the Warriors, if they go on and win the title this year, I think we look at Steph in, in like – a, a really whole new light. Like then I think you're really talking about one of the all time greats because certainly I think like the Warriors probably still would have won the title without Durant in those two years, but there's, it, it's going to get kind of held against Steph regardless. Um, and that first year they had an incredible team. Then the year after that in 73 and nine. So he's done some historic stuff. I think the Durant, even just coming there, we kind of have forgotten how good Steph was without him. And how good the Warriors were without Durant, um, but yeah, I mean th- this year and and there could be I don't I don't like the, I don't think the Warriors are really going anywhere. The way Draymond plays, I think Draymond could still play a few more years. Clay looks pretty solid right now, right? And yeah, still I think would have a few years of playing competitive basketball. Um, and they got a lot of they got a lot of young guys, so um, we'll see. I think I think. I think Steph has a really good chance of finishing like top 10 all time. There you go. Yeah, I mean, between him and Magic and I guess Isaiah Thomas, maybe, I think he's definitely, you know, deserved a place in there to be argued as number one. And I agree. I think I still take Magic first. But I think that's also because he has the courtesy of us knowing exactly what his career was, where Steph still can bolster that. And that's always the conversation, you know, like... That, that's always the thing that would be held against LeBron versus Michael Jordan because we still LeBron could still do more. And, that's, and that's, um, that is to his benefit and to his uh, negative side, the kind of demise as well, whatever that word is that I'm looking for. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's exciting, and I'm, I'm excited for what the Warriors are done. I can't wait to talk more basketball. Obviously, right now we're going to focus on football. Basketball world is crazy right now. I'm so excited <clears throat> for the playoffs. I've been watching up. so much college basketball. <clears throat> yeah, college basketball as well. I love it. It's great. Auburn it, right now, best team in the country. Auburn. Oh man, number they one was, team in the country. They're great. They're great. And there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that can really make a name for themselves coming into this playoffs, both professionally and collegiate wise. Um, I'm glad you went with positive because I went with a positive on a negative. Um, so obviously we'll be talking about <clears throat> the NFL coaching carousel, uh, you know, before we talk about the playoffs today. Um, but I just want to say, when I first heard the news with the Giants that Joe Judge was staying, I thought, why, <laughs> why would you do this? What, like, in my head, I was like, there's as bad as the Giants are, they'll never be as bad as the Jets. And in this moment, I was like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. The Giants are about to be even more horribly run than the Jets. It's actually going to happen. I, I couldn't, didn't think that was possible just because of how bad the Jets were. But if you want to stay with Joe Judge, Joe, Mr. 
QB sneak at his own goal line judge, if that's who you want to stay with, then like you're ready to like what a throw, play call. You're ready to throw your team into the fire for another two years. Um, and and especially because you know Dave Gettleman retired, retired. You know he's he's done out of there. Yeah, and they're, retired, yeah, retired. They're like we can fire you or you can retire. You can pick which one you want to do. Um, you know they were looking for a new GM and there was like this conversation about you, you know who's if like are they going to try to fit a GM with Joe Judge? Is that even going to work? Because who wants to work with Joe right? Judge? Like why would you? Well, it just like <laughs> even like it just dwindles your candidate like pool so much because I think I think I think there'd probably be a decent amount of general managers that would want to be like I want a selection on the head coach unless you know unless it's you know Mike Tomlin you know Bill Belichick blah 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 uh there's exceptions to every everything but for the most part like you'd want to be like yeah that's like that my in my position it's better for me to have my hand in there uh but particularly when it's Joe like how many people are like yeah let's go in with Joe Judge like that's the guy who, if, if he goes 1-15, in 15, I'm still getting blame on me. No thank you. Yeah, Or 1-16 exactly. now. Right, and especially because other teams around the league that were not as bad as the Giants were making those decisions, right? The Bears, as bad as that organization has been, they were like, goodbye GM, goodbye coach. The Vikings, as, as, as weird as that organization... Don't give the Bears too much credit. Both those firings were about two years too late. Right, right. So... Yeah. At Fair. least the Giants got to the point of it and were like, no, this needs to be done. Right. And that is my kind of positive on negative. Sports news I loved. Joe Judge getting fired. There's just no reason to keep him, especially when you're looking for a new GM. And especially when this was supposed to be the season that we figured out <clears throat> if Daniel Jones was the quarterback for the New York Giants. This was supposed to be it. And the team was run so poorly that you can't tell whether he's the quarterback. Like, at the end of this season... Yeah, regard- you can. Yeah, you can. <clears throat> Here's what I'm saying, though. Like, I, yes, you can. Like, you can make a judgment. Like, I think we all agree that Danny Dimes is not the future. But at the same time, so much else was going wrong on that team. He never got, a, fa- like, a fair shot at it. He never got it. a fair shot at it. Yeah, and, and I get what you mean. And you should think at the end of the season, that was the one thing you figure out. Even if you go 1-15, okay, now we drop Daniel Jones... We figure out. But no, all you're getting at the end of the season is now you have to find a new coaching staff that will have to come in and be like, you know, probably buy Daniel Jones or like, I guess we'll keep him for another. It's going to be a hell, but I'm just glad that they fired Joe Judge. That needed to happen. Enough pain for Giants fans. It's it's done. You tried, you know, and, and they can move on. Um, it, just craziness. Compare, considering how the offseason was and all the hope that they had, bringing in these receiving weapons and getting Saquon back. Obviously, not all the injuries are their fault and everything like that, but, but the play calling is. The play calling is their fault, and, and, they're, and they're, you know, they're being held accountable for that. So, I'm happy well, about the drafting, <laughs> the uh, drafting. They had a chance to, they had a chance to get Tristan Wirfs, went with Andrew Thomas. No offense, Andrew Thomas. That was a poor choice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you bring up what I think is one of my favorite parts of the uh, just the New York Giants is because the Jets are always so bad and not just bad, like laughably bad, which is their decision making. But as much as the Giants really suck more than they're like, even when they had Eli, like for most seasons, they were pretty average. Mm-hmm. Even the seasons they won the Super Bowl, I think they were like nine and seven both times. Mm. Um, but they get away with it because the Jets are such a burning 
fire of just garbage and shit that like everyone's just like, oh yeah, I guess the Giants are very good either, but over here, like this thing, it just draws all the attention, which is uh, pretty beneficial for for the Giants. Uh, and I agree. I mean, like I think we all know Daniel Jones isn't an NFL quarterback, but I do agree with like they he never really got a chance. I I think if I'm them, you take those two. I think they got two picks in the top eight. I know it's at least two in the top ten. Um, get yourself some good linemen. It's a really good offensive lineman draft, and suck again next year and get another like you know it's not a great quarterback draft. You really do need offensive linemen. And maybe you know like maybe you get a couple good offensive linemen and Daniel Jones and Saquon maybe stays healthy and next year you have a little bit of something. But yeah, I I even was just like, why are you doing this to Joe Judge? Like let him. Let him go. It, it's it, this is just yeah, cruel. It is cruel. <clears throat> Don't make him screw up himself and you more. Um, yeah, I was thinking. I know that they have those two picks, and so you think they're going to use both of them. Uh, my question is: Do you is there possibly a chance that using those two picks with ammunition, they get a quarterback in the off season, one that's leaving? Like I, there are some quarterbacks around the league already. I'm not saying. Think about it. The Texans are trying to get rid of of Deshaun Watson. And as much as Deshaun Watson wants to go to a, you know, high caliber team, he doesn't have any pull right now considering his name is is thrown in the mud. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, I mean, I think it would be more likely like and I don't I don't know if you give up both of them. Um probably you probably could throw one and like second rounder. Um but like maybe Russell Wilson um but would but a high-profile – like, I mean, does Russell Wilson want to come to New York? Besides the fact that it's New York, I, and I actually kind of do think Russell Wilson with, you know, Sierra, like, I, I kind of do think they'd like to be in a larger market. I think New York would fit that obviously perfectly. But, like, Russell Wilson has been not doing well in Seattle the last few years because he has no offensive line help. If he goes to New York, that's not changing. Right. So – uh, and Deshaun Watson, I don't think you give up either of those picks for him at the moment. Like I, the Texans and him are like this is the position of where that relationship's at. Like I, I don't think you have to pay that cost. Um, who else could there be? I, I don't think so. I, I think you use them, and I, I think you use them Aaron because like the, they are going to. Yeah, the Giants. I mean, I, I'll take a top ten pick. <laughs> um, but like, I, I just think like strategy wise, I just think it's smarter to. Like I said, it's a really good offensive line math uh, draft. Go get yourself Tyler Linderbaum. Just mm. declare it for the draft. Go get it done, young man. Um, and the way that young quarterbacks, like, obviously it's not always going to be a home run. They're not Everyone's not going to turn into Herbert or Burrow or whatever. But for the most part, just like the way that these young quarterbacks are able to, to play and play competitively so much earlier now, and you don't have to pay them as much. I think it's the smarter route to go. Like even like Tua, as disappointing as Tua has been, has still been like a serviceable quarterback. Better, better than Daniel Jones, I would say. So I think it'd be smarter to build from the draft. and Because and, you can use, like I said, you use those picks this year, build up that line. And it's, it's not like you're going to be good next year. So you'll still, have, you'll still be in a great position to find yourself an early quarterback. And possibly I don't know that much about the, the 2023 class but this class isn't all that exciting so possibly a little more exciting quarterback uh, prospects as well 
Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. We have, well, like I said, we'll talk about the coaching carousel coming up. Um, but before that, we had a college football championship. We had an SEC rematch heavyweight, Alabama versus Georgia. Who was going to take the crown? And Matt, how did that end up for us this past weekend? It was it was a, a heck of a game, a game filled with with storylines. As you said, a rematch, like fifth time there's been a top five rematch. 0-4 was the previous winner in all those. Uh, the numbers are just like Saban against his assistants. Um, honestly, just Alabama and Saban against Georgia, like just utter dominance. But finally, on Monday, the dogs got it done. The dogs! Beat Alabama 33-18 to to win their first national title since 1980, Herschel Walker's freshman year. The, the tortured Georgia sports fan now has the Braves and the Bulldogs to celebrate. And Yannick, I, I think just knowing what, what I know about Georgia, uh, one can only assume Stacey Abrams has had her hands in both of these accomplishments. I agree. I, I think I, mean, <laughs> think Stacey Abrams, I don't know if anyone saw this, but I did because I was really watching. Stacey Abrams, after that fumble by Stetson Bennett, was on the sideline saying, listen, if I can get it done, you can get it done. Yeah, and that's a motivational. Happened. Well, and motivation. I heard not only not only motivational speaker, but uh, a few play calls. I heard she, so too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that 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 bomb, that bomb. For the, that's uh, why Stetson Bennett said it's the coverage. The coverage on the pick six that was all her. That and was Stacey all- Abrams written all around. And, and I mean, don't even get me into the the Stacey Abrams and, and Braves coaching decisions. The the base running she had those boys doing was. Incredible. But regardless, <laughs> Georgia has finally won championships. I, tr- like, honestly, is there a sports state and, like, city that has just had worse luck? Not really. So many great teams. Like, Georgia's been so good. College football, just wise, has been so good for so long, but never even the best in, like, the SEC. Like, when they were really good before, Florida was better. Or you go back even further than that, and Tennessee was better. And then Saban comes, and like, and LSU is always there, and so they finally get it done. Uh, felt deserved, you know, and something that I feel like did feel like was gonna happen. As much as Kirby kept getting stopped by Nick and and that Bama dynasty, uh, just the kind of program that that Kirby Smart's been building in Georgia and the strides they've been making and the success they've had, it it kind of was like, all right, he's he's gonna get one. Um, and and does it with the most Alabama game plan ever. I mean, Georgia won the way that Bama used to win, uh, and it it certainly makes sense. Uh, also, pretty cool. Kirby Smart, uh, the uh, currently the only head coach who won a national championship at his alma mater. He went to Georgia. He's the fourth in like the last thirty years. I think all of them might have been from the SEC, which is kind of interesting. Yana, uh, I have to ask you: Do you think? Georgia won the game because of the absence of Jamison Williams and John Mechie. That's so hard to say because I, of course, don't want to take anything away from Georgia and their joy and everything. I, I, I think so. I think so. Because here's the thing. Yes, Stetson Bennett, obviously, after that fumble, he goes two fourth-quarter touchdown drives. And, of course, that defense gets four sacks and, you know, the two picks, the pick six. But even... Without those two players and, and with, and with um, Bryce Young having to throw to a lot of inexperienced players who we saw make drops on plays that 
that Jamison Williams and Mechie wouldn't have made drops on, or at least you, you would expect them not to. I, I don't necessarily... I just think that Alabama, Bryce, the way Bryce Young had been playing, Bryce Young would have had another chance to make a play, and he would have made it to one of his playmakers. So I just think the game was too close for Georgia to say, no, it wasn't because those two players are out. It's because we would have dominated them anyway. Because a lot of the problems that were happening was Bryce Young was trying to force a play because he knew that he had to be the guy to do it, and he couldn't expect one of his receivers, one of his young, kind of untrained, not untrained, untested maybe receivers, to make those plays. So you saw him forcing things. You saw him taking sacks that he normally wouldn't take. And granted, Georgia still might have won, but I think, it, especially losing Jamison Williams in this game, you didn't game plan for without him. He goes down early. I, I do think that Alabama would have won this game if they had both of them. I, I think they might have won if they had one of them. Um, but especially if you're asking me if they had both of them, would have they won this game? This game was close enough where I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly tough to argue that uh, it wouldn't have been a different game. Uh, we saw just the impact they had in the SEC championship game. But I, I kind of do – I think part of Bryce Young's rush decision-making or forcing, though, I, I think has to also be credited to Georgia's defense. I think the, the defense sure. actually got pressure on Bryce this time, actually contained him, didn't let him extend those plays as much as he did in the SEC championship game where, you know, it just comes down to, like, how, many, how long can you ask a guy to cover – uh, and his ability to extend those plays uh, the first in the first meeting was was really one of the biggest difference makers. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would have been different. But again, too, like it, I'm not going to feel that bad for Alabama. No, no, no. So, like everybody, everybody has like everybody has injuries. It's part of the thing. Uh, the, the, in fact, the last time Alabama beat Georgia, it was a backup quarterback throwing a touchdown pass to a backup wide receiver. Now I know. Tua and Devonta Smith are not really your average backups, but nonetheless, it more of just kind of the machine and, and the depth that Alabama <laughs> is known for. Um, and we know this Alabama team wasn't quite as, as imposing as some of the last ones. So I, I, I don't think it's fair to say it's the sole reason. I do think as an Alabama fan, you can probably be like, man, if we had those, I think, I think we would have had a really good chance to win. Um, but I, I think just the way the pressure was getting to Bryce, they would have helped certainly at least a little bit in that. Uh, but I, I think Georgia still would have been able to win the game. So, right, going to agree a little bit on uh, disagree on a little bit of that. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say it's the only reason that Georgia won. I agree that the Georgia defense did what they needed to do, and you also have to give credit credit to Stetson Bennett. You know, he did go out there, score two two touchdowns in crunch time. And who's to say that even with Bryce Young playing as well as he did with his receivers, that he couldn't have done that then too? You know, I think the Georgia defense right. would have kept them in it and maybe they would have won by less points. But he, he really came in clutch for them, you know, former walk-on, uh, really doing them service. It was so, so touching to see him at the end of that game, you know, just letting it all out. It's it really great story of this. Obviously, not the reason they won, but but a big reason they they won the way they did. You know what I mean? Like the defense. I mean, he, made the, he made the plays. He made the plays when he, when he needed to make them. Uh, I mean, like that is, he was kind of more of a game manager, but I think even too, in like the first half of that game, it was more Kirby smart and, and the way they were running the offense. They were, they were so, so safe in, in that first half where they never really gave uh, Stetson Bennett a chance to 
make an impact on the game. So in the second half, when they finally opened up the playbook a little bit, he he made the plays. He he certainly isn't you know going to put up Bryce Young sort of performance, but he made the performance they needed, uh, and a couple of those throws were beautiful. Were beautiful, yeah. Would you say I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a similar question back at you? Let's say what if they had gone back to JT Daniels? Do you think they would have won this game? I I don't think so. I've never been a JT Daniels guy. I've, oh. I've never I've never got why he's been so sought after the, like the, what I've seen from him overall, I've never been all that impressed. Um, and I think too, like, I think Bennett has a different, because in, in like what you're asking your quarterback to do in that offense, like you said, it's kind of like the old school Alabama. Like he, they're not, they're not ever going to like go and like, all right, let's go throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns. Like that's not what Kirby wants to do at least right now. And in, in what he's doing with this program. So I think it has more to do, not more so, but I think like the moxie and the leadership that your quarterback brings is is far more important when that's the kind of role you're asking them to do. And I think Stetson Bennett has that in droves over JT Daniels. I agree. He, you know, there's there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are doubted so much and, and make them not a mistake. I mean, it was unlucky. You know, this whole fumble recovery was ridiculous. It was... It was like no, barely- it's, it's like each yeah. I mean, he he almost made the per like exactly what you wanted to do for a court. Like that was just an unlucky fumble. Right. It but wasn't to, like. But to answer from that, knowing that your fan base has been calling for your backup all season, and to answer it with the best performance of the season, Dude, they're, they're savages. They are savages, and it's because they they've been, you know, disappointed so long. And I do get that, you know. And and finally, though, you know, he's not the hero you wanted. But he's the hero you needed. He's he is Batman. <laughs> like it does make me wonder. Like when I was watching it, him though on Monday, and I don't I don't think Justin Fields would be in this game. But just the quarterback play that's come out of Georgia under Kirby Smart, it really made me think. I was just like, you guys like Justin Fields? It wasn't like he was committed to Georgia and then decommitted and went to it. He was at Georgia. He was enrolled at Georgia, and you guys let him go to a like. How are you guys looking at the quarterback room and being like, yeah, we don't really need him. Uh, if, he, if he decides to go, we'll be good. We've got Jake Fromm, JT Daniels, and, and sorry, Stetson. Ben, I mean, Stetson, you had a great performance. I, I'm going to pick Justin Fields over you every time. Right. No offense. Just like, I, what, what were we thinking there, guys? I don't know yet. There's still, Georgia still has some ways to go before we can consider them a consistent powerhouse. But – they are well. Not, that's my that's my next question. What do you think, like significance of this win, big picture wise, in in college football? The only thing I think it says is once again, um, the SEC is dominant. That's the only thing that I can say really about this game. I, I think that this was a perfect storm for Georgia with the injuries, with the defense, with the quarterback. I'm not saying that it. That's why these questions are so hard to answer because. I don't know that it would have happened this way if any of those things were different. You know, it just seemed to line up for them. And Stetson Bennett could have played horrible, and the defense could have been scared out of their minds because of the SEC game. And Bryce Young could have really, you know, made some plays. And all those things happened in a way that allowed George to win their ter- championship. You are giving Georgia so many ifs and buts. You could do this to every championship team. No, I'm not. here. But here's what I'll say. Georgia I could, was also the most dominant team all year long. This isn't a team <laughs> who just like fell in their lap. 
No, 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 no. I'm not saying they weren't the most dominant team all season. But I'm, I, after that SEC championship game, when you get embarrassed after being the most dominant team and all the thing, I have to take that into account. I do have to take that into account. And I'm sorry, Alabama, without both of their major weapons, I think they should have won by more. How about that? With this dominant defense and all of their, and all of their gunslingers, you know, I, I think they could have won by more. I, I do. And, and, they, and they could have lost. So they game. could have won by more. And they're also extremely lucky to. I didn't have say they were lucky. All. I'm just saying the the. the but you're giving them play. a lot of caveat. I just couldn't disagree more. I think this is the sign of like something. I don't think Alabama's going anywhere, but I think this is more of a Clemson victory than it is an LSU one. Like I, I don't think Georgia's going to be six and six next year. I think Georgia's going to be consistently in because now too now you get the monkey off your back. Like now Kirby's beaten Nick. He's won a national championship. The fan bit like. That breaking that threshold is is a is a big mental thing, and they are. I mean, I guess yeah, you can be like they've had the perfect defense and the perfect quarterback for this situation. That that's what he's been building at Georgia. So it's not like any of this was like oh they happen to have like a really good te-. like the Hawkeyes sometimes have like a ten and two team, and I really do think it's like the pieces just kind of fell. It's good coaching, but the pieces that year just kind of fell perfectly. This is specifically what Georgia's game plan's been, and I don't think they're going to deviate from that. And and once you win the national title, like it, people also want to come to you more. So I think it just adds another legitimate competitor to Alabama, and I hope that's what we keep seeing. I I kind, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen. There's you know the big I feel like there's been such a coaching shift this off season, and uh, what's following is even larger shift perhaps um of transfers with the transfer market which i love i love the fact that these guys can be like no i'm i want to leave i want to go see what else i can do like the fact that even caleb williams is doing it is incredible i'm the biggest biggest fan now like why the fuck not um and so i hope that that those two things just the massive transfer thing and this kind of the shift and of course texas going to oklahoma i think georgia really getting now on that that threshold with bama I think there's going to be at least there's going to be less dominance from Bama. Yeah, I mean, I we here's what I'm saying. Let me rephrase everything because in no way am I saying it's lucky. I'm just saying I don't think Georgia is going. I didn't think Georgia was not a threat before. Georgia's been a threat for the last couple of years. Now, granted, it's kind of fallen off the wheels sometimes, but for me, they've always kind of been up there with their dominant defensive style. So for me, that the the idea that something big changes now that they win, they were already a competitor for me. I don't think that they're all of a sudden it's going to be Alabama or Georgia. I don't think they're going to be on that level after this thing. I still think Alabama is going to be the dominant team in college football, and there will be one competitor, and we'll see who it is. Do I think Georgia is more likely to be in that conversation? Sure. But look at what happened with some other teams that we thought broke that duck. Look at what happened with Clemson. Look at what happened with LSU. You know, And those teams could come back. But it comes in cycles, and the only team that survived those cycles is Alabama. So do I think after one year of getting the monkey off the back, that's going to change? Not necessarily. I, I mean, do Clemson, think was, Clemson was like 10-3 and three this year. So I think – I don't think like – But we're talking dominance really compared to Alabama, and they don't – Alabama's had a 10-3 and three season before. Like, so, yeah, but – Yeah. But, yeah, but they're allowed to have. They're still allowed to have it, yeah. And so Clemson just had one. Okay. Now, but Clemson they, next year is 8-5. and five, then okay, they they have not near the dominance that Alabama is. But if Clemson's back in the college football playoff, then that's 
the same trajectory that Alabama follows. It's not you like cannot Clemson, say that that Clemson, Alabama. Clemson started this year like poorly, but they still ended up having like a pretty solid year. Right, but when and, I'm yeah, I, LSU, I agree. I, but, but I just think Georgia's more of a Clemson situation than LSU. And we'll see now. LSU finally has a coach that I think is going to build consistency. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just, no, I just, I, I just, I think Georgia like beating, like, I get what you're saying. Of course, they're always there, but there's, there's really one thing that's been holding them back: Alabama. There's been nothing else, and I think beating them now in that national championship game, I think, could have a, I think actually not could, I think it will have an impact on the team as far as them winning and competing for national championships on the same level as Bama. Okay. Fair enough. I, I think I, I, need, I need to see Georgia win more than one championship in 40 years before I say that they're on the same level. But at the same time, I'm, I'm commenting more on the fact that we've seen teams rise and fall. And yes, every team has an off year, but Alabama's dominance has been for so long since I started watching college football that, you know, it's, I, I just need one more game than that. So if next year they're in the championship with Alabama again, like I expect Alabama to be there, I don't know if Georgia's going to be there. Can you say that Georgia's going to be there over you think Alabama's going to be there? Next year? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, so that's, for not me, fun. For me, then the thing to learn from this is that the SEC is very dominant. I don't think anyone breaks that Alabama-Georgia duck. Yeah, no, I mean, that doesn't, my, my next year, dominance, like, yeah, I get your year-by-year thing, but just because I would say Bama, because, I mean, they're returning the Heisman-winning quarterback, so, yeah, I'm going to pick them to make, beat Georgia probably next year to make the national title. After that, I, I think it's even and even. Okay. Like I, there's nothing that makes me think it would be Bama. So that doesn't, like, make my what I was saying. No, it doesn't, it doesn't make it irrelevant. What I'm saying is I – yeah, I guess I'm saying I need, I need to see – breaking the duck for me, you have to perform well the next season. So that's why I'm waiting for the next season – and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm not giving Georgia enough credit. But again, you asked me if would I think Alabama would have won that game with their receivers, and I think they would have. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see. And I just think the SEC and the changing kind of landscape of college football, uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. And I think that will have a lot more to do with a maybe decline in dominance from Alabama than Georgia finally breaking this this duck over over. Well, we're talking about you know. Change is big picture. The SEC being dominant is not a change. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but for the oh, longest... wait, the SEC is super dominant. <laughs> oh wow, I had no idea. No, yeah. I mean, I I guess I just don't think there's going to be a non-SEC winner for the next five years. I don't think there's going to be a non-SEC winner for the next five years. You know, I think that I'd the big I take that bet. Yeah, and I just think before I had some. No, I mean, fa- like I would, I, I disagree with you. I think somebody won. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I think Ohio, I think Ohio State can still break through. Uh, we'll see what Lincoln Riley does. I mean, of course, it helps that they add Oklahoma, but I, I don't think Clemson's really going anywhere. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it, we'll we'll see. I I think uh, college football is always weird to comment on because you don't also know who's coming up. You know, you also don't know who's going to get recruited the next year and who will be like, for example, you say after Bryce Young leaves, it's going to be even. But I feel like with Alabama, I always feel that way. You know, that's like, oh, after this guy leaves, who knows what happens, you know, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And and the changing landscape is also, I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen. And, you know, Lincoln Riley moving and it'll be exciting. I hope that it stays more competitive. I hope that Alabama doesn't stay as dominant. Um, But 
you know, I'm not saying Georgia's lucky. I don't think Georgia, lucky's not the word I would use. I think that in a year where a lot of things, you know, happened, they got a good, good card draw is what I'm saying. That's not lucky. I'm just saying they played the cards they had and they played them well. And that's and that's as much strategy as it I is. That's su- I think that's such an unfair thing to give a team that like absolutely obliterated their schedule, lost yeah. a, a tough game to Alabama in a Heisman winning performance, and then went on to beat that team anyway, albeit with injuries. But like, I, in five years, I I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, that Georgia team didn't like. I, you're not giving Georgia any credit. I am giving Georgia credit. It was one of the best defensive performances I've seen in national championship game in a while. And, and the only other time that I can remember seeing that is way back in the past when we had some of the great defenses of college football or Alabama. What you said about them doing Alabama stuff, it did feel like that. It did feel like a defensive kind of onslaught. Um, I just don't think that, you know, you can... I don't know. I just, I do think the last of the two receivers did a lot of things. I think that that... Maybe like yeah, of course it impacted the game, but you're like discrediting their entire season, even though they. I'm not discrediting their entire season. I'm not the way you're talking. Like you're just like they played their cards right, things fell right for them. Like I would say they were one of the most dominant national champions, start to finish. I mean, obviously they don't touch LSU. I don't think anyone probably ever will. But like, right? They were, they were dominant. Dominant. They were dominant. They were dominant. Ran through the SEC. They did. They did. Do you think the SEC was as strong as it's ever been this year? I don't know. It's supposed to also be the best conference and keep on dominating Yannick, so it can't be on the upper both side. of those things. No, I know, but I, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm not... You can't, not, see, like, you can't be like, the SEC is so dominant, they keep, they're going to win the next five national championships. And like, we're also, wasn't that good this year? No, like, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, okay, so my final statement on this is going to be, I'm not taking away anything from the dominance that they had this season, and I'm not saying that going into that game, I didn't think that there was a chance they could win against Alabama, even though they got blown out of the water. It was like their season didn't matter after that game. They came back, they answered really well. In this championship game, they had cards, they played them right, they had a good strategy, they beat Alabama with that strategy. What I'm saying about cards playing right is not about their season. They played their season great. And they did everything right, and they had one of the most dominant defenses of all time. That's why they were in that game. But I'm saying in that championship game, if you're telling me Georgia beats Alabama and all of a sudden that's going to change the dynamic between the two, I don't agree with that. I think Alabama still has the upper hand. Yeah. I mean, like, probably like incrementally, yeah. Yeah, incrementally, for sure. I disagree. But, I think those, those wins, especially when, especially when that's the only, like, we're talking about really dominant. This is my last thing I'll say. Like programs, like Georgia, kind of has been up there with yeah. those guys. They just haven't won the national championship. And I, I've just seen too many times before a team wins that first title, and it just it it does it completely changes your program. And like I guess you can cite LSU, but that wouldn't be accurate because LSU won one in two thousand three and won one in two thousand eight as well. So like it wasn't like a this is a huge accomplishment because it was, I think it was about 35, 40 years for Clemson as well. And right. it, it, I think it just changed Villanova in basketball. Uh, it, it does massive changes for just the team. That is true. And we've seen that in professional sports as well. When people break the duck, they start to perform on a more consistent basis in those championship situations. The best part about this is we will be able to have this conversation again when the next college football championship rolls around. 
So uh, it's probably Alabama and Georgia. (laughs) And then we'll have this talk again. But yeah, an exciting moment for Georgia fans. Uh, They finally get their win after 40 years. And yeah, another great season of college football. You know, we were worried when it started, obviously, with the whole, you know, COVID situation. What was it going to be like? And uh, yeah, it it provided us a good season of college. It was a great season. Obviously, Hawkeyes, it ended disappointingly. um, But, you know, even the Hawkeyes. They had, you know, with what we had, we had a good season. With what right? we had, we had a great season. So. If I just showed like you like shots of Spencer Petrus, like, sorry, Seven. Uh, <laughs> I, hope I hope your mom doesn't. I hope your mom doesn't listen to our podcast. Um, but if I just showed you like quarterback highlights, you'd be like, so we went three and nine, four and eight, or no, mm. ten and four. Yeah, 10 and 4 was good. Uh, and uh, Hawkeye fans, we remind you once more don't look at the wins, look at the team, and that'll tell you how we're going to do. Uh, the wins never mean much. It's the team that is the, is the final marketer on how far we go. Um, the wins were great. No, the wins were great, but I'm saying peop- your Hawkeye fans looked at those wins and looked at us at number two and actually oh thought we were going to make the cut. We were like 4 0, and every- <laughs> the worst thing, too, is not so much like. Of as as someone who just has watched way too many sports in my life, it was like when all the Hawkeye fans. I think we were like five and out. And they're like, dude, we could really like we could go to the college football playoff. While everybody like all the other top ten teams are getting knocked off, like everybody, there's an upset every week. And I just remember like, do you guys not see what's happening across the lands? I know you don't because you don't really watch football as obsessively as I do. But I'm like. Our time is coming. We are not going to stand defeated. Like, everybody's getting knocked off. And lo and behold, next week. And still somehow sneaked our way into the Big Ten title game, which sucked, but we were there. Yeah, we were. Got a good bowl. And uh, without nepotism, we might have won the bowl. Who knows? LOL. (laughs) This is Matt's time to, to... Yell about Ferentz again. So yeah, I will. I, I won't go too harsh on seventeen, but Brian Ferentz can get the whole weight of my feeling. Oh, there you go. Well, another exciting college football season, and now it's time to talk some NFL. 